I'd almost finished my drink when something caught my eye behind the soda wagon. I stepped between the soda wagon and the cotton candy wagon to get a closer look. It was a shiny black shoe, a low-heeled pump. Filling the shoe is the foot of a girl, probably no more than 18 or 19 years old. She lay in that rag doll position that always meant the same thing. Her eyes were fixed wide open, staring off into the night sky. What was wrong, I thought. Was I blind? My world around me was black and silent. I was flat on my back. I tried lifting my arms, but they hit something a foot above me. I tried extending them out to my sides. Again, they hit something solid eight or nine inches to either side of me. What the hell was this? It felt like I was in a coffin, not that I had ever been in one before. Nope, Bob said. After number 11 splatted at the bottom, they shut the site down. Too dangerous, they said. But you did it, I said. Weren't you scared? I'm scared every time I jump, Bob said. When you stop being scared, you get careless, and that's no way to stay alive in this business. Bob stood there staring at me. Neither of us said a word for a few moments. Bob stared out into the abyss of skyscrapers and smog. He seemed to be looking for something. My curiosity was burning. What are you waiting for? Divine inspiration? I said. Bob turned back to face me. I'm just checking the wind direction. I need to land somewhere over there, he said, pointing to an open area below. I'm about ready to jump. Another six or seven minutes and I'll be airborne. Now, if you want a better view, I'd suggest you go back down to the observation deck. Gloria pulled the prop knife from her purse and handed it to Elliot from behind her back. With still thirty yards separating him from the gang, Elliot pretended not to see them as he grabbed Gloria's arm, spun her around, and started shaking her. They replayed that afternoon's movie scene right there in the park. Gloria pounded Elliot's chest with her tiny fists, and Elliot grabbed Gloria's shoulders and shoved her backwards. Gloria went down on her butt as Elliot pulled the prop knife out of his waistband and held it overhead. Gloria hurried to her feet, backing away and screaming. Elliot lunged at her, stabbing the knife into her chest several times. I pulled back on the yoke, and the nose of the plane lifted and leveled out. Gloria had left her seat and was now standing beside me, pulling on my arm. "'What do you think you're doing?' she almost screamed. "'You can't fly a plane!' There was desperation in her voice now. I looked at the stewardess. "'Would you take her back to her seat, please? I don't need any more distractions.' Gloria hesitated a few seconds before leaving with the stewardess. The stewardess pulled a reluctant Gloria back down the aisle and buckled her back into her seat before returning to the cockpit. "'You sure you know what you're doing?' she asked. I felt a little silly now. The receptionist and two other people in the waiting area were starting to look at me. I followed the doctor back into the elevator and closed my eyes. I took deep breaths and opened my eyes again. The seconds felt like hours as I stood there next to my psychiatrist. My stomach was in knots, but I was doing it. 
I was actually standing in an elevator. Granted, the doors were still open, but I was in nonetheless. Ready for step two? The doctor said, looking me square in the eye. Step two? I said suspiciously. What is step two? It's quite simple, really, the doctor said. We take a short ride, down one floor, and then come back here. That's all. I jumped out of the car in one stride. No, I said with a certain amount of conviction. Not me.